This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Berman, have a good night. All right, hello and welcome to The Hill here on News Nation as the jokes and jabs were on full display for the race for the White House today. President Biden trying to laugh off his age while Donald Trump's legal team makes a big move in the courts. And it was Nikki Haley who was the one making the argument that Trump is, quote, not qualified to be president. We'll explain coming up. Plus, Congressman Tom McClintock, a Republican who went against his party, joins us ahead of another impeachment vote for the Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Congresswoman Carol Miller is with us to explain why she tried to keep one Chinese company off the air during the Super Bowl last night. And Chris Steyerwalt breaks down tomorrow's big congressional race in New York. What it could tell us about 2024. Thanks for being with us here on The Hill. I'm Blake Berman, joined today by the aforementioned News Nation political editor and senior Enterprise Institute senior fellow, uh, Chris Steyerwalt. <laughs> Prompter is all back up there. Ashley Davis, former George W. Bush White House official. Scott Bolden is the former D.C. Democratic Party chair and a legal analyst as well. And Denise Gitsum, former aide to President George W. Bush, a Republican strategist as well. Here we go. The Hill on News Nation starts right now. All right, come on in. Thanks for being with us here on the Hill. Right off the top, Mahomes, Kelsey, Purdy, even Swift. The big names featured in one of the greatest big games of all time. But if you thought you were finally going to have a night to just put the politics aside, boy, were you wrong last night because you clearly heard this name as well. want a man for president who's seasoned through and through. That right there, uh, possibly the single most expensive 30-second advertisement in political history. The super PAC for Robert F. Kennedy Jr. spending in the neighborhood of $7 million to remind us the race for the White House is likely going to feature three famous last names. Hello to you all. Thanks for being here. Uh, Chris, the Kennedys are none too pleased with that ad right there. He is apologizing, but I think it goes to show with 10 months out, you can't forget that man right there. Well, for most candidates, the Super Bowl ad is not a good use of resources. Uh, for Kennedy, I think, uh, and he didn't do this. This is a super pack. We have to remember the phony baloney uh, 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 <laughs> codicils of the law that this isn't really the campaign. But for Kennedy, this is probably a good uh, use of resources. He's got to create more buzz. He's got to create more name identification. He's got to get the discussion going because what he needs is to get the Libertarian Party of these United States to go along with the idea that he 
an environmental activist for most of his career, would be a good choice for the Libertarian Party, which generally is opposed to government regulations, that he's the right fit for them. So he's got to have some momentum uh, in order to get their uh, line item and get on the ballot in all 50 states. Seven million bucks for that spot right there. Yeah, but everyone's going to remember that ad and no one's going to remember the apology that happened today. But everybody's going to remember that he's not Robert F. Kennedy. He's not JFK. He is an environmental activist, a conspiracy theorist, and he's polling at like one to three percent. Oh no, he's no, 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 that's definitely no, not no, true. No, exactly. That's, that's exactly what Democrats are. He's not polling at twenty percent. Democrats are the only one upset about low this. Like, I'm not upset about yeah. it. What I'm saying is he's not going to be a factor in this race. That Joe Biden's going to be the nominee, and while he exploited his family's name, but he's out of the Democratic race. He's not even. I understand. I understand. But he's playing on the fact of who his family members are, and they're Democrats. And that's another thing. He's not a Democrat either. And so, but if he takes I mean, 10% away, that's yeah, going to hurt he's a Biden. Consultants and the oh. media want to get a race against Biden because you, you all engage, some of us engage in ageism and age discrimination. But the reality is Biden's going to be the nominee. He should be disqualified because he's however old he is, and because he appears to be, have lost a step. He's got a legislative record to run on. I hate to to say, I hate to disagree with you, Madam, my uh, fellow Steelers fan, but I think uh, that Kennedy is a much more substantial threat to Trump than he is to Biden. That's interesting. I think that, and that nostalgia play, right, Mm -hmm. that's make America great again energy. That's the vibe, which is, remember how good it used to be once upon a time? So appealing to older voters, and and he is, with his, all of his conspiracy theories and kookism, is also appealing to those same kinds of Trump MAGA voters. So I think he's a serious problem for Trump if the libertarians do you take think him. That, yeah. do you think, sorry, but do you think that Trump voters will really not vote for Trump? I do agree with that thought process, but I just can't imagine them not. And that's only part of the party, though. I, right? I mean, I... I don't know. It seems like the only people who are upset about it are the Democrats. So that gives me reason to believe that people, at least Democrats, <laughs> you're the only one complaining about it here. And so I'm not, I'm not too concerned about Kennedy. Democrat but I also here. don't understand the logic of, I get the name ID thing. That makes total sense. But I also don't understand, you know, that's not really his, his biggest strength. I think of Kennedy as the guy who's from the outside talking about a lot of things that people on both sides of the aisle think but don't know how to put into words. And that's why his favorability ratings are over 50%, and one in five people are considering voting for him. All right. Meantime, the former president, Donald Trump, is now making some pretty big legal moves. First off, he is asking the Supreme Court to continue to place a hold, essentially a delay, really, on the federal case over his actions regarding the 2020 elections in the final weeks of his presidency. Secondly, he wants the full D.C. Court of Appeals to take up the case Now, earlier this month, three judges on that very court, basically the the second most important court in the land, uh, rejected his claims that he is immune to consequences from his actions because they occurred while he was president. All right, Scott, what happened? Break it down. So we can we can unpack this in two different ways. One, he's asking the Supreme Court to hear his appeal from the D.C. Circuit Court. Judge Chunkins, the federal district court judge, said if you ask for unbank in her order, staying the action for the appeals to run their course. If you ask for M. Bonk, which is all eight or nine justices okay. or judges at the D.C. Uh, Circuit Court of Appeals, then the case goes back on the calendar in the federal district court. So Trump is asking for two things. One, hear my appeal, but also stay the Judge Chunkin's order so I can go to an in-bank decision by the D.C. Circuit. He wants to do that because this is all about delay. If Supreme Court stays it, then he can go on bonk. That takes time, and then it'll go up to the Supreme Court. You, you agree? This is this is just a a legal uh, strategy of delay. 
Absolutely. But also, look, I can barely keep straight all the different legal strategies that are in play. And I think at the end of the day, you know, I'm, I'm a recovering attorney. I don't practice like you still, Scott, but I can't even keep track of what's going on here. So I don't really think that this has any real impact other than what people already feel about the judicial system, which is that it's either inherently biased against or for somebody. What's the impact here, Chris? Well, I mean, while we always care about what the political ramifications of something may or may not be, obviously, uh, this is also uh, how we operate our republic. Uh, there, are, there are questions sometimes even larger than what are the implications for the next election and the implications here. Basically, what Trump has said is that there is no law that applies to the president for actions he undertakes. Uh, Richard Nixon very famously once said, it's not illegal Right. If the president does it, it, it it's yeah. not illegal if the president does it. And America recoiled from that sort of authoritarianism, goofball business. And Trump's claim of, he called it, absolute immunity. Mm. Right. Uh, the Supreme Court is picking a very difficult path through a minefield this election cycle. We saw it with the, with the arguments on the question of whether Trump could be excluded from the ballot. Um, they're going to have to try to preserve their own credibility, but also to try to preserve the fiber of the republic uh, as part of this ongoing constitutional stress test okay. that we are enduring. So that is <clears throat> Donald Trump over to President Biden now, because three House chairmen are asking the Justice Department uh, to provide their committees with the transcript and any audio recordings of President Biden's interviews with the special counsel investigating his handling of classified information. In a post just a little while ago, the GOP Oversight Committee, which is led by Congressman James Comer, said, quote, Americans deserve transparency about President Biden's mental state and his handling of classified documents. In reacting to the report, President Biden said, quote, I've seen the headlines since this report was released about my willful retention of documents. These are not only misleading, they are just plain wrong. Okay, so the bottom line here is we got this report. It was damaging for the president because of those words that described him as an elderly man with poor memory. And now, Ashley, you've got Republicans saying, well, wait a minute, show us the transcripts and we want the audio. Yeah, I mean, I I think that they have, I mean, I was going to ask you this question before we started. I think they have to give those. I mean, one, they could FOIA them, which means to get the... Any sort of Do they have to hand government? them over? I would think they would. I assume the discretion of the special prosecutor. Uh, you remember uh, some of these investigations are not only uh, attorney-client privilege, but they could also just be confidential because it's investigative work to reach a conclusion. Uh, it'll be up to that special prosecutor. What will be interesting to watch, though, is if the elected officials, the Republicans who you just named, if the special prosecutor won't turn it over, are they willing to go to court to get the court to order them to turn over the transcripts? So, I'm sure what does it tell are, you? Yes. That, so they're also talking with Robert Herr about having him, the special prosecutor, yeah. about having him come up to Capitol Hill and testify. So does that suggest some level of cooperation well, they, or, or not necessarily well, connecting the dots there? Uh, no, not, not cooperation per se. You've got to be careful because the Republicans, may, may you don't, they don't want to overplay their hand because uh, was the special prosecutor, <laughs> was he in the room when he heard this or was he just being reported, this was being reported to him? That's the first thing. But the second thing is Biden, depending on who was in there with him and what he heard, and he says it's just not true. He may not object to them releasing the transcripts if he was clear and cogent and in opposite of what the report says. I bet you they get the transcripts, not the audio, if I was a betting girl right now. What were you laughing at there? 
House Republicans overplay their hand? I can't imagine. <laughs> Scott, that's a, that's a, I'll that's give a Republican advice now. Right? Republicans overplay <laughs> their hand. I can't imagine. He just, he just came back from the Super Bowl in yeah, Vegas. Exactly. I was really just the notion of the cogent part, like the whole Biden being cogent. Listen, anytime you get a transcript and somebody's off script and off talking points, you sound like an absolute idiot. I can tell you, when I ran for Congress, the local paper interviewed me and they wrote verbatim everything I said, which makes zero sense out of a context of a conversation and back and forth with no tonal intonations or understanding of that. It is going to be disastrous. Dem- Democrats are really coming down on Robert Herr, and they're, they're, uh, Joe Biden alluded to this as being some sort of a partisan exercise, and, and they're trying to turn this into that this was uh, you know gross negligence or, or something malicious by Robert Herr. Here's the problem the Democrats have: Joe Biden is in trouble from this report because the ten words that Robert Herr used to describe Joe Biden were accurate, mm-hmm. and they will stick, and they will hang. I called it an epitaph for Democrats' hopes for an easier win over Donald Trump. That's the problem with this report. It's not Robert Hur. It's the fact that he, he nailed okay. what public sentiment around this is. Okay, meantime, some welcome news, no matter who you are, what party you belong to. The number two House Republican, Steve Scalise, is in remission from his cancer and is returning to Congress after finishing treatment. It's also, politically at least, welcome news for the House Speaker Mike Johnson because House Republicans will have one more vote in their pocket. Now, tomorrow night, potentially somewhere at around this time, the GOP will need that extra vote, just that one vote, as it tries for a second time to impeach the Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Last week, when that first attempt failed, the vote was tied. Joining us now is one of the three House Republicans who voted against impeaching Mayorkas. He is the Republican from California, Congressman Tom McClintock. Congressman, thanks for being back here on the Hill. Appreciate the time. The vote is tomorrow. You were one of three House Republicans who said Alejandro Mayorkas should not be impeached. Is that how you're going to vote tomorrow or have you changed your mind? Well, the Constitution hasn't changed since last week, so my vote's not going to change. These are the same reasons I vigorously opposed the the sham impeachments of Donald Trump. It dumbs down the the standard for impeachment. It assures it's going to become a constant fixture in our national life whenever the White House is held by one party and and, and the Congress by the other. Um, You know, look, Mayorkas is guilty of maladministration on a cosmic scale, but that's not grounds for impeachment. We know that because the founders specifically considered it and rejected it. Instead, they chose the very narrow grounds of high crimes and misdemeanors, actual crimes using the office. Uh, you know, they, they, they didn't want policy and political disputes to be, be turned into, into impeachments. Describe the pressure to me, Congressman, from those on your side of the aisle to flip the vote. And what's it been like for Mike Johnson? Uh, uh, um, Mike called me. I explained my reasons. He was very respectful of them. And that was it. I have not had any pressure put on me. Uh, maybe it's because, uh, well, as Churchill said, they can't kick me around. I'm not kickable. <laughs> okay. Uh, Mike Gallagher, your, your colleague, Republican from Wisconsin, seen as a rising star at one point within the Republican Party. Like you, he voted against the impeachment. And unlike you, over the weekend, he announced that he's not going to be seeking re-election. Have you, for, first off, what do you make of the decision from Mike Gallagher? And secondly, have you given any thought that, you know what, maybe Mike Gallagher's doing the right thing? And that's <laughs> the path forward for someone well, like yourself. No, you know, uh, uh, Winston Churchill was once asked that question, and his response was, I I fight for my corner, and I leave when the pub closes. 
I was uh, devastated by, uh, by by Mike's uh, announcement uh, uh, because I think he is a, a very capable and principled individual. Uh, I don't agree with him on everything, but uh, but you have to take his opinions very very seriously because he 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 thinks them through. That's exactly the kind of and, and he stands by. And I think that's exactly the kind of person we need more of in the House of Representatives, not less of. Do you think you'll get GOP support? Do you think President Trump will will support you? Um, well, I mean, uh, he supported me in the past. I, I certainly uh, will support him in this election. I'll be honest with you. Wasn't my first choice. Wasn't even my second choice. But I can sure as hell tell the difference between a fire and a fireman. And if a fireman's trying to, to save my house from burning down, I really don't care if from time to time he behaves like a bit of a jerk. Leave it there. Congressman McClintock, uh, thank you for joining us and for being here on the Hill. Appreciate the time, sir. We'll see you soon. Thanks for having me. Yep. Ashley? He's so funny. I just think he's really <laughs> I good. That I, mean, I wish yeah, we had more really time, but we got to run. And if the congressman right. hears me, I, I do wish we had more time. Uh, you know I've been saying this all along. I don't think that, that he should be impeached. I think that the policies are Biden's policies that he's implementing. And I just don't, I don't, this is another political move, which undermines the whole impeachment process. So, so I agree with them. It's so rare to hear an adult talk in Washington. Principal? <laughs> we, we had, Are you talking about me? Or? Well, always you, always you. That interview, that interview sticks out. We had Mike Rounds on the show the other day. That, yeah. that adult, interview, uh, adult, yeah, adult grown-up people. Nice. Interesting. All right, coming up. He will finally be replaced. It's happening tomorrow. The special election in New York to fill the seat of George Santos. So why is this being so closely followed? Steyerwald breaks it down on the other side of the break. And uh, Chris sent me a text today. Uh-oh. No, it wasn't. Uh-oh. Oh, okay, it caught okay, my okay. attention. Right, Chris sent me a text. It caught my attention. I was like, huh, <laughs> let's talk about it. I thought it was a, a pretty astute observation. It's on the other side of the break. And why at the White House, they might want to listen. And they might want to take a look at what we're about to show you. That's when the Hill on News Nation returns. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Back here to the Hill on News Nation. So the White House, the Biden campaign are banking on Americans feeling better about the economy in the upcoming months. Could they potentially be right? The Federal Federal Reserve Bank of New York released a survey of consumer expectations today. Now, the survey shows consumer optimism for personal finances has reached the highest level during the Biden administration. Look all the way to the right there on your screen. You see that spike. But if you look all the way to the left there, you see it is still lower than when Donald Trump was in office, even lower than the end years of the Obama administration. So you got that spike up, but still needs to Keep moving up. Glass half full, glass half empty, Denise. I love How do you look Ameri- at that? I love it when Americans are doing better across the board. I don't care who's in charge. <laughs> but the reality is, at the end of the day, they're going to have to pick between a president that they found they did really well under and somebody that they're not doing as poorly under. So they, do, Tell me why that's totally full. Well, they didn't do as well <laughs> as the Republican um, talk or political talk lines are. But one thing about that's, half, that's not half full. That's half full and growing. 
because we predicted, not just me, but other Democrats have predicted that once the legislation kicks in, once inflation goes down, stock market's up, and unemployment is down, America is going to start feeling this. We're banking on them feeling it. This is the first evidence, at least one of the early evidence, that they're not only feeling it, we got nowhere to go but up. Ashley took a big sigh no, before she, I, as I, you were talking. I, I just don't know if they're going to feel it by November. I think if mac- macaroni and cheese is still five dollars, and groceries and insurance is still that high by November, I get it. But that's not. It's so, up. That, it's going up. So Steyerwald texted me this and take a look at this. I, I thought it was interesting. What'd you make of it? Well, a direction matters, right? So people have a hard time comparing what was it, what was life really like pre-pandemic, right? I, I was thinking about that with the Super Bowl, um, how I can't believe that it was really 2020, right? I can't believe that really how much the world changed and you see the massive decline there in 2020, right. that it's really been four years and it seems like it's been a shorter period of time that, yeah. uh, and I guess I would just say, if the trajectory continues to improve, but it, it has to improve for Biden before November, it has to be improved by the 4th of July because okay. that's when attitudes harden about All right. the condition of the economy. Now, turning to the campaign trail, a different one where tomorrow voters in New York's third congressional district will get to pick who will complete the remaining 11 months of George Santos's unfinished term. It comes after the former congressman was expelled from the House back in December. So what do tomorrow's results mean for November? Styrofoam here to break it all down. Oh wow! I know. Wow! I know. I, I'm still. I still am not emotionally <laughs> ready for that animation. Uh, okay. Do you remember this guy? You remember this guy? It's fabulous. Let's see. Let's see this man. <laughs> not me. I was about to say. <laughs> let's see George Santos. You remember the fabulous George Santos and all of his quarter zip glory well he may be selling his videos on cameo for 350 bucks a pop uh and trying to cling to the last breaths of celebrity before he becomes just one other criminal defendant in this world uh but time marches on uh and it marches on tomorrow in the third district of new york in the battle for his seat now it's control of the seat for just nine months because that's what's left in Santos's term. This race will be up again in November. Um, here's what it looks like right now. Not that. This. <laughs> this is what it looks like right now. That's Tom Swazi, the former uh, congressman from that district, the guy who actually had it before Santos. He left to run for governor. Didn't work out. Uh, and this is uh, Maisie Phil- Phillip. Uh, who is the, she's a local assembly woman in uh, one of the counties in the district. The uh, local Republicans chose her. She's first time running for federal office uh, and she's in the race. And there is a poll uh, that was taken by Siena College that puts Swazi a little bit ahead. Okay, what do you care? Why would you care? You don't live on Long Island. It doesn't matter to you. Why are you interested in this? Well, here's why you should be interested in this. And Blake alluded to it earlier. Here's the count on the Alejandro Mayorkas impeachment vote. Uh, Look at these numbers. Here you go. Now you look at these numbers. Pretty close, (laughs) right? Uh, That's how close control of Congress is. uh, And that's why when the Republicans have just at, at their best moment since the 2022 election had a five seat majority in the House, Every single vote. That's why, as a matter of fact, uh, George Santos managed to hang in there so long, even after he had become a massive embarrassment to Republicans. They just couldn't afford to give up the vote. 
until it got so bad that they eventually had to boot him. So one seat will make a huge difference on questions like this. And guess what's coming up? Big votes on spending, big votes on all of this stuff. And Republicans have this razor-thin majority. They need the seat. Republicans need the seat. Okay, so that's why you care. How's it going to go? Great question. Glad you asked. Uh, Here is how George Santos won this seat in the first place. George Santos was hoping to be a two-time loser because losing office in American politics is actually can be pretty lucrative. He ran against Swazi in uh, 2020, lost and started to become, you know, a green room fixture and a fundraiser and a bunch of other things, as it turns out. But midway through the 2022 election, uh, a special master threw, uh, took over the, the congressional districts for New York. And along the way, the district that uh, we're talking about here is the one closest. You see those two blue districts closest to Manhattan there on the left side of those maps? See those two? Santos's district, right, uh, comes in. You see it. Uh, it's the, at the top of Long Island, closest to New York. They changed the character, the shape of that district to bring in more of the southern part So basically, the Long Island Expressway bisects Long Island, and north of the line, they're rich and fancy. South of the line, they're Levittown and working class, right? So it's like you have uh, up here, you've got the Vanderbilts and the DuPonts, and down here, you got Bill O'Reilly and Billy Joel, right? So that's the line, (laughs) and they brought more of the Bill O'Reilly, Billy Joel, uh, more Republican voters in from the South, made it possible for Santos to win. That's the district that Swazi has to win. That's not his old district. So he's got a challenge on his hand. Um, But here is what he has working for him. Look at this headline from Nate Cohn at the New York Times. This is an important number to remember tomorrow. Mr. Biden won about six percentage points, more support among validated special election voters in post-Dobbs elections than registrants overall in the same districts. Translation. Democrats are fired up to vote. They have been, there has been no turnout machine for the Democratic Party like Donald Trump. And in every election since 2016, when they were sorry they didn't vote, they have turned out at extraordinarily high levels. That is what Swazi has to hope carries him uh, over tomorrow. But of course, as added bonus excitement, there's a snowstorm coming into New York tomorrow, and we'll get to see how that affects turnout. If you want to know how big a nerd I am, weather forecasts for special elections count as things I get excited about. Steyerwalt breaks it down. You mentioned Levittown. My family in Levittown. Is that right? Yep, that watches the show. So hello, Levittown, New York. Who is the Um, woman in that picture with Santos? That was Santos. Oh, he dressed Come as a woman. Come on. Don't, I've never seen that don't other him. Don't you other him. You recognize him. He's no. crying out loud. I didn't think his makeup was that good. Can that we you, go that back be, to no, the opening for Steyer? People are please. having dinner. <laughs> Coming up here on the Hill, <laughs> Ashley, there is much Ashley. more ahead. Ashley. Why was the governor of California in Nevada hanging out at a Vegas nightclub with the A-listers? Look at this picture right here. You see that? Take a look. I'll give you a few seconds. We want to know, what do you see? That Hillary Clinton? We'll discuss it on the other uh, side of the break. And it was one of the featured companies during the Super Bowl. And it's one of the biggest in China. Why one lawmaker tried to keep Timu off the air. And we will speak with her when The Hill on News Nation returns. <laughs> the Hill on News Nation. So the Super Bowl last night, of course, brought together... <laughs> I was not, you got to warn me. Brought, when brought together some on. of the biggest names in Vegas over the weekend. Michael Rubin, the CEO of Fanatics, uh, one of the leading sportswear retailers, hosted a massive Super Bowl party. I believe those are 
uh, some of the pictures there. Yeah, there you go. Peyton Manning, Jelly Roll, etc. Among the celebrities there, the California governor, Gavin Newsom, alongside the comedian and actor, Kevin Hart. All right, so that picture there, the California governor at the big Vegas nightclub party. What do you see? Apparently he's trying to get a DraftKings sponsorship with Kevin Hart. <laughs> but listen, he's doing nothing new. Uh, I'm from California, and while our state has the dubious distinction of having the highest poverty rate in the nation, Gavin Newsom continues to go after hanging out with all the fancy people that he grew up with, completely out of touch with the people of California, and driving our economy, our quality of life, and our education system down the toilet. Because he went to a Super Bowl party. He's governor of California. The 49ers from San Francisco are in the Super Bowl. He's here to support them. And he's around celebrities all the time because he's the governor of California. I think it's a non-issue. Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy, <laughs> former Speaker of the House, the Republican Repo- Speaker of the House. He was at the game. How do you know he was at the game? Well, because he was about six rows uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Scott took, the, no Scott took the red eye to get here today right, from, from right. Vegas. I love News Nation. What, what do you the see there real quick? I actually agree with you. I don't think. I mean, he's always around celebrities. This is his thing. White House Correspondence Center in D.C., he's around all the celebrities, okay. if there are D.C. He's a celebrity. <laughs> if, the, if, if the move to uh, have Biden step aside uh, gains serious momentum, and I'm not saying that's why he was there. I agree with you, Counselor. I think that's generally where it's at. Uh, but uh, you, that's the guy, not Kevin Hart. Uh, that's, the, that's the guy who I think would, okay. would pose the most. Well, more importantly, though, how do you get... How do you get her off the v- ballot then? Well, they have to run for it, and it would happen at the convention, and it would be a chaos, real goat chaos, rodeo. Yeah. All right. President Biden, uh, meantime, was among millions of Americans watching last night's big game. During all of the action, the Biden campaign was also making some pretty big moves to try to appeal to young voters by launching an official TikTok oh. account. The first post, a Super Bowl-themed video. <laughs> Watch. Chiefs or Niners? Two great quarterbacks. Hard to decide, but if I didn't say... I was for the Eagles, and I'd be sleeping alone. My wife's a Philly girl. Trump or Biden? Are you kidding? <laughs> Biden. All right, joining us now, Victor <laughs> Shee and Brylin Hollihan. Victor is the youngest elected delegate for Joe Biden back in 2020. Brylin is the co-chair of the RNC Youth Advisory Council and the editor-in-chief of the Truth Gazette, both uh, joining us here live, left and right. Uh, Biden today, by the way, tried to laugh off what very well could be the signature issue of his candidacy, or at least one of the big questions across the country, his age earlier today. Watch. I know I don't look like it, but I've been around a while. <laughs> I do remember that. All right. Uh, that was the president earlier today. Victor, TikTok account for the president. What, what's obviously the end goal here is, is the youth vote, but, but why now? And do you think it it actually sticks with all the issues involving the president and his age. Look, I think launching a TikTok is one of an important tool um, that's in President Biden's toolbox. I think it's necessary. It's where young voters consume their uh, information. And for a growing part of the electorate, I think it's a smart strategy from the Biden campaign. But I think one thing that's important to note here is that this campaign is more than just this TikTok account. They've launched a youth engagement program. They are really working hard to engage young people on the campaign trail. You're seeing people like Vice President Harris really be sort of the person who's out there and really mobilizing young people. We're seeing President Biden also uh, trying to do that now on TikTok. And I think the closer we get to Election Day, you're going to start seeing a lot of these efforts, both online, but also in okay. person on college campuses, really trying to work with them to make sure that young people are uh, educated and informed about this election. Brylin, what'd you make of it? 
Blake, I actually agree with the decision. For the past 13 months, I've been calling on my party to embrace this platform, not actually boycott it. Why? Because mm. if Republicans leave it, the only voice in the platform is going to be the left. It's only going to be Joe Biden. And majority of my generation solely watches TikTok to get the information. So we have to get in that echo chamber. We have to be on there. I've been calling for it, but Biden hasn't. It appears that he's actually the hypocrite in chief. Just a few months ago, he signed the law to ban TikTok on all federal devices. His administration also declared their platform a, quote, national security threat. Yet last night, his team saw those thinking poll numbers and decided they were desperate enough to ignore their own, their own federal ban and join that out. What, what, what about it, Victor? I mean, the White House was asked about it today, basically said, you know, that's, that's campaign stuff. And we still think there's national security concerns there. Well, I think that's that's right. And you saw um, in, in some of what they said yesterday is that they still acknowledge that there are real national security threats. And I think the government and the campaign are two separate entities. You know, the government, I think you can talk about the national security concerns there. But when it comes to the campaign, they've tried to make it as safe as possible. And they've uh, said that yesterday uh, through campaign but, officials. Yeah, I, I mean, you can try to make TikTok as safe as possible all you want. But you know the underlying issues there. But, but before we go, I want to ask you, because both of these... These candidates are in their late 70s, early 80s. You two have a long way to go to get there. Uh, and when folks are asked, Biden, Trump, or, or neither, are they too old for another term for president? Basically, six out of 10 Americans say both are too old, but the issue is seemingly a bigger one for the current commander in chief. Last word to you both, Victor, how much does that worry you? And do, do you really want a president potentially being 86 years old? Look, you know, the age factor is a big problem. And I think, you know, both candidates are up there in age. And uh, if it were my sort of, you know, decision, I, I would definitely want a younger person. But this is the choice facing uh, our, our, our country right now. We have someone who is about to be 82. We have someone who's about to be 78. And those are both old people. But there's one that has gotten real things done for real people. And I think that's going to matter in this election. And that's going to be the choice that most Americans see uh, heading into this election. Blake, look at last week's special counsel report. Uh, we're not even concerned about age for my generation. We're more concerned about the mental fitness of one candidate. Clearly, one's more mentally competent than the other. Biden's own appointed special counsel determined he was too mentally incapacitated to be charged with crime. Why should the American people believe he's mentally fit enough to be our commander in chief? It's not right. He's physically unfit to be president. He should be in a retirement home, not back in the Oval Office. Well, Can I make there, Victor, one point on that? Oh. Real, real, real quick, Victor. I, the special counsel report, it was written by a lawyer, not a medical uh, doctor. Um, and I think people should sort of okay. understand that fact. Biden's DOJ appointed him, so. <laughs> Victor, Brylan, thank you both. I know you could do this all day long. Appreciate the time. Thank you both. We'll have Appreciate you on display. back. You. Whether you're their age, our age, or the candidate's age, it, that's, these are. I think Scott and Denise could learn could a little I, something <laughs> from that. I know, and their also, little Punch and Judy act is pretty good. I was thinking I was going to beer parties at their age. I mean, look at those guys. They're, they're very sharp. Report very quickly. The, and why it's politically gratuitous, this issue of his age and how he would be perceived by a jury, and therefore that's one reason why they didn't bring charges against him. It's completely irrelevant, because if he was charged, if he was a criminal defendant, right, he would not necessarily take the stand. He would not necessarily be real or perceived to be a, 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 a memory, someone with memory so loss. So if there's criminal wrongdoing, why not charge him? Because it would well, be, be better no for him if they intent. did. 
He had no criminal intent, okay. but he wouldn't take the stand. And so all these comments about his age and the investigation and how his interview went is irrelevant to whether he should be charged because his due process rights, he doesn't have to take the stand or say anything. It's up to the prosecution. Criminal charge would have been better than that report. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. All right. Coming up. You may have heard of Timu. It's an online bargain shopping website, and it ran several ads at $7 million bucks a pop during last night's Super Bowl. So... Why did one congresswoman try to prevent those ads from airing? They were all over the place in the game last night. We're going to talk to Congresswoman Carol Miller on the other side of the break. What she said to CBS, and did they get back to her on her request? Stay with us. Super Bowl showing the cheap Timu prices and the wide variety of products available. Feels like a dream, feels like magic. All right, so that one of the ads, the Chinese-owned company's revenue is estimated to be in the area of $16 billion in 2023 from selling products like clothes, electronics, and beauty supplies. Why are we talking about this? Well, the congresswoman from West Virginia, Carol Miller, took issue with the ads, saying, quote, CBS airing four Timu ads is embarrassing and, frankly, un-American. Congresswoman joins us here live. Congresswoman Miller, thanks for being here on the Hill. Explain yourself. What was embarrassing and and un-American about it from your point of view? This is America's Super Bowl. For goodness sakes, why would we be allowing a company that's backed by the Chinese Communist Party to be advertising on our Super Bowl? We should be doing things like... I'm glad to be an American. You know, it's ridiculous that we are allowing those people to subliminally be in our minds. That little kicky song, once you hear it, you keep hearing it. And You tried to get CBS to stop these, right? Well, I wrote to them. I wrote both CEOs urging them to absolutely stop it. But they did not respond to the letter. Uh, and obviously, we were all watching the game, and and we saw the commercials, which at first I thought they looked like they belonged on a children's show, um, but, you know, they were catchy. Hmm. Can Congress do anything about this this company, Congresswoman? Like, I, I know that you object to the commercials, you tried to stop them, but going forward as it relates to this company and running ads here in the U.S., what can Congress do, if anything? you going to try to stop it in some way? I wrote to them to suggest that they might stop them. Of course, they have the right to allow people to advertise. This is the United States of America. But the fact that, that we allowed them um, kind of shows how weak our administration is, uh, you oh, know, well, they've got, they, I mean, they've got no control. They've got no control over the Biden administration. No, well, the administration in general, they, they haven't held China or, I mean, look what we're doing on our border. We're not holding anybody accountable for anything. And the world's on fire. I, I just am so shocked that we would allow them to propagandize during our Super Bowl. All right. We'll leave it there. Congresswoman Carol Miller from the state of West Virginia. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate the time. Thank you. You side. I think you side I with mean, the congresswoman here. Here's the thing. We are selling our soul as Americans 
for goods that are crappily made in China with probably child forced labor. And we are the damage that is being done to American companies and American workers is something that will not be lost on many people. The problem is, instead of just pointing out the problem, we actually need to start educating Americans about the real damage that's being done through these apps that are promoted by the Communist Party of China through retail and entertainment means. And if we don't get smarter, if we don't at least get as smart as China is about blocking things that are fundamentally undermining our democracy, then we are going to end up in a very bad place. If we're not going to stop TikTok, which we haven't, I saw that big congressional hearing in the middle of last year. Yeah, yeah, we're going to stop them. We're going to get it. We're going to do this, whatever. Nothing. It's hard to do. And that was my question in part. To the Congress, one of like, what can Congress do about it? I'm not sure there's any sort of answer. Educate. I mean, there's. It's a okay. really, really, really hard. Issue. No, there's an education yeah, but, element here. Well, listen, I'm, I I tend to agree with you about the damage being done. I'm just glad you didn't blame Biden for that, like <laughs> the person who was being interviewed, oh, I because he can't. Because we're a capitalistic society, these are private company decisions that are being made, and it's for revenue. All I that's can, not Biden's. All fault. I can tell you is, as a West Virginian, <laughs> I dare anybody to match the league, the ability to include a sung portion of a Lee Greenwood <laughs> in your interview. The first district of West Virginia Never delivers the goods. By the way, there was a class action lawsuit, I should, should mention, against yeah. Timu. Um, that was a Super Bowl, my man. It was boring. If Come on, you, you can't say that. You can't tell was, America that you went to the Super Bowl and it was and you boring. Saw Humble brag. And stuff. Yeah. It was great, and it, it gets rave reviews. But there, because it was low scoring, it was a defensive gem for both teams, and neither team scored more than 20 points uh, in the entire game, the four quarters. So, how could that be exciting to watch? If because the will? AFC okay, won, man, I want to, I want to live, I want to live the life that. of Scott Bowler. Yeah. Yeah. Goes to the Super Bowl, Blase. and says that, hey, you yeah, know, whatever. Mid. Super Bowl was mid. <laughs> All right, I didn't Super leave. By the way, I watched good, the whole game. Good for you. Uh, good stuff. Thank you for flying back up. By the way, Absolutely. took the red eye. Mm-hmm. Great to be with you all here. Fun <laughs> show. Other side of the break. By the way, he was criticized for not visiting East Palestine, Ohio, after the toxic train derailment. But more than a year later, we now know. We finally know when President Biden will be heading to East Palestine. We'll tell you when. Leland Bitter, on the other side of the break, joins me. Stay with us. If you thought you knew Cuomo. I believe Governor Sununu is part of the future of this country. It might be time for another look. We're going to get after what matters, and we're going to hold power to account. Cuomo, weeknights at 8, 7 central, only on News Nation, news for all America. Ashley Banfield hunts down the truth in true crime. Banfield, weeknights at 10, 9 central, only on America's fastest growing cable news network, News Nation. To find News Nation, go to joinnn.com or stream News Nation on Apple CarPlay and Alexa. I'm Naheem Hines, proud supporter of the Muscular Dystrophy Association. My mom has muscular dystrophy, and the MDA helps her and kids like my buddy Ethan. My name is Ethan, and I'm 12 years old. Thanks to the Muscular Dystrophy Association and people like you, I have more hope than ever before. And MDA funds over 150 care centers for kids like me. For over 70 years, MDA has been transforming the lives of people living with muscular dystrophy, ALS, and related neuromuscular diseases. Learn more at MDA.org today. Are you prepared for an emergency or disaster? Because it's not a matter of if, but when. Don't find yourself saying, I'll trust water bottles and a flashlight to save the day, but I'll be proved wrong. With a tornado approaching, I'll realize that I like a wheelchair-accessible shelter. When the floodwaters rise, I'll be up in the attic with 20 cans of beans. It's a recipe for disaster. Let's prepare so we all have a better story to tell. Get started at ready.gov slash older adults. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. 
This message is from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. Veterans, do you have a copy of your DD-214? A DD-214 is a DOD certificate of retirement, separation, or discharge from active duty. It verifies your eligibility for benefits and services. The fastest way to request a copy is through the National Archives and Records Administration at archives.gov. Get the benefits you've earned. There's danger out there. It lurks on highways and quiet neighborhood streets. It's more likely to kill you than a shark and more terrifying than the biggest snake. Distracted driving claims lives every day. Every notification, swipe, social post, video, or selfie while driving risks your life. So while you might think public speaking or the zombie apocalypse is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. At Cabinet Discounters, we truly love what we do. Transforming kitchens, bathrooms, basements, any room. Creating new ways to help you achieve your vision. And all within your budget. Visit one of our seven showrooms. Sit down with an experienced designer and build the kitchen or bathroom of your dreams. Call or go online today and schedule a free consultation at CabinetDiscounters.com. It's Cabinet Discounters, proud to serve you for over 40 years. Cabinet Discounters, great quality, great price. You're listening to News Nation. To get America's fastest growing cable news network on your screen, go to joinnn.com. I just got a text asking me to approve a bank transfer I didn't make. I bet you get messages like this too. So much of our lives are online today, from email to banking and everything in between. To make sure my information was protected, I checked out CISA's Secure Our World website for simple steps to stay safe online. Now I know how to protect myself from scammers, and you can learn too. Go to CISA at cisa.gov forward slash secure our world. Adopt US Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting A Teenager Learning the Lingo. GOAT, G O A T, acronym, stands for greatest of all time, as in spaghetti sandwiches for dinner. They're my fave. Dad, you're the GOAT. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. Visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. Rewind TV. Play back the 80s and 90s with TV's totally tubular characters. I'm a witch. Alex P. Keaton here. Play back the neon memories. Heavy duty. The major laughs. I think it's hysterical. Excuse me if I just want to laugh just a little. And the radical catchphrases. Who'd you tell my words? Your favorite sitcoms from the 80s and 90s are all in one place. Rewind TV. Just go to rewindtv.com and check it out. No young person should ever have to worry about having a safe place to sleep at night or whether anyone cares about them. But the reality is one in 10 young adults will experience a form of homelessness this year. For over 50 years, Covenant House has been helping youth in crisis and giving them the support and tools they need to succeed in life. To learn more, go to covenanthouse.org today. Thank you for caring. So before we go, President Biden will visit East Palestine, Ohio on Friday. It'll be the first visit for the president just over a year after the town's toxic train derailment. Leland Vitter, host of On Balance. At your service. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Hey, do you? Um, I wonder what the reception's going to be like. 
Good question. Uh, frosty, perhaps. Yeah, that is probably good, somewhere uh, in so, 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 Something like in Ohio, something like, February. Yeah, I was going to say something like the weather, probably, yeah, right? Yeah, on a, on a Friday right before President's Day weekend. I think what this underlines is that so many of the issues that East Palestine brought up, which is the urban rule divide in America, the elite versus everybody else divide America, the things that the, the train derailment laid bare, mm-hmm. um, the feeling of economic uncertainty by yeah. working class Americans, the shift to the Republican Party by rural Democrats, all of those issues are exactly the same as they were a year ago. Yep. Um, President Biden going there and there's obviously- This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.